0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 104, and this is our special NXT TakeOver Portland review. And uh, I've got Mags from Badlands Pods uh, on the on the uh, Skype. Uh, how are you doing, Mags? Uh, welcome back to the Wrestling with jonas podcast. Great to have you back on board. Uh, no, it's almost like I've never been away. Almost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah, <laughs> it um... was uh, just a little, a little over a week ago we had you on uh, episode 10. Uh, 10- 102, I think it was. But it was. Uh, great to have you back on board, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you for agreeing to help us out with this special NXT Takeover Portland review, sir.
1: It's absolutely my pleasure. Any time I can come on to uh, wrestling with John is a good day. So yeah, I was uh, I was stoked when you uh, when you extended the offer.
0: Well, yes. Uh, I've been on your show a couple of times recently. Uh, waiting for those episodes to drop. So we 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 were kind of like uh, I think we speak to each other more than we do our own partners at the moment. But uh, uh, <laughs> it's all it's all it's all for the for the love of podcasts and for the love of what we do. Um, but. Uh, NXT TakeOver Portland is what we're here to discuss. Um, There were, there were six matches on the card. Um, I don't think there was a, a kickoff match. Now, usually they would have five matches on the, on the main card, on the main show. And, uh, Another match would go ahead on the kickoff, but I don't think they had a kickoff match this time round. I could be mistaken. But Not the six didn't. matches that were advertised, the six matches that were advertised were on uh, the main TakeOver Portland show. Uh, and uh, a hell of a show it was indeed. Um, so uh, let's let's go straight into it. First of all, But before we talk about the individual matches, Max, um, obviously the card was pretty stacked you know six really great matches from top to bottom uh, what what were your kind of thoughts and your expectations going into take over portland uh, last night and uh, were you excited were you you know anticipating one match over another um, but uh, what were your thoughts and expectations ahead of actually watching it on the ww network
1: well to be to be honest with you janas i was miffed i was miffed about the show because we, every single time there's a takeover, it just. We I want to get to the point where uh, I'm saying that this takeover wasn't the best ever takeover, and <laughs> we just can't. We don't get to that point every every single time. They just keep raising the bar, and yeah, it was just looking at the card uh, in before the the event took place, and you just. Martha's thought was, "Wow, how stacked that this this." this card is. And then when you actually sit down and think about the people who weren't even on the card, you had the likes of Velveteen Dream, you're like Eo Chirac, Candice LeRae just how stacked NXT as a as a as a company is. It's just mind-blowing the quality of wrestlers in in that that um, kind of brand of WWE. Uh yeah, for me this was probably the the most stacked NXT card ever. Um there was one match that kinda stood out to me as as maybe it didn't belong. Uh, but when we when we get there, um that match absolutely blew me away. So they can't, it kind of did look like it, it belonged at the, end of, at the end of the show. But, yeah, what an amazing show. Just absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, I think I know which match you're on about. We'll get to that very, very soon. But, uh, I mean, my, my thoughts and expectations going into it, I was really looking forward to it. Um, I look forward to these NXT TakeOver specials more than I do any WWE pay-per-view, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Yeah. Um you know, that they, they never fail to impress. And uh, I've seen all the others from uh, the very first one, TakeOver Arrival, all the way through to this one here. And they, like you say, they do seem to ramp it up every single time. They do seem to get better and better and better. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's just uh, perception because you always like to think that the one you're watching, the most recent one, is always uh, the best one. But uh, the quality never fails to impress. Uh, but looking at this one, you, you, you're always thinking, well, if this is the quality of matches if this is the card that they've got um you know for us in february uh w- what are they going to have in store for us over wrestlemania weekend i mean they must have something pretty damn good uh lined up for us weekend. weekend we might have a little bit of an idea as far as where some of the matches might be going more towards the end of the card and we'll talk about uh, where takeover tampa uh w- what it might be looking at a little bit later on in the show but the first match, and what an incredible way to kick off TakeOver Portland. And it was th- for the North American Championship, Keith versus Dominic Dijkovic. This is, I think, their fourth or fifth match together. Um, that they-, they described it on commentaries as is the rubber match, because I think they'd drawn a couple and won one each. So this is mm-hmm. possibly their fifth matcher, by my reckoning then. Um, but these two big but it's almost like King Kong going up against Godzilla. Um, But they know each other very well. Their chemistry has always been on point. I think even before they signed with NXT, they wrestled each other on the indies. Um, So they really know each other very, very well. And what they tend to do in every match is give us something new, deliver something we haven't seen before. And uh, I think there were certainly some spots in this match I'm about to talk about uh, that that, uh, uh, certainly wowed the fans in Portland. Um, But... um, Let's have a look. So, you know, what an epic way to kick off TakeOver. This match started at a bit of a pace. You had Keith Lee dropping Dominic Dijakovic, all six foot seven inches of him with a standing rana That was pretty impressive. Dijakovic got a close near fall from a corkscrew moonsault. That was impressive. Uh, Dodge Kovic then got another really close to fall uh, with an avalanche feast your rise. That's normally his finishing move that he does um, on, on the canvas, but he did it up on the turnbuckles. But uh, Keith Lee kicked out on two. The match went to the outside where uh, Lee struck with a, a, a gigantic double hand chop, not once but twice um, and, uh, you know, from my vantage point, in the comfort of my own living room, that made me wince. God knows what it was like to be there in the arena and heard. Uh, it, it must have sounded like a gun going off. Uh, there, there was Then there was the spot of the match, if not the night, where Dijakovic placed Keith Lee in one of the announcer's chairs at ringside before delivering a springboard somersault sent on from inside the ring down onto the seated Keith Lee on the outside. Uh, that got a Mamma Mia chance. chance. Um, but uh, that was pretty impressive. And to be honest with you, Dijakovic was, was an inch away from almost knocking himself out of the table. He really had to nail that move with pinpoint accuracy, and he did. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, then then he, he stood up from a spirit bomb, albeit holding his neck, uh, but then had to kick out of a second one uh, delivered by Keith Lee. Uh, the big men then get up, get up onto the top rope where Kovic delivers an Avalanche Spanish fly, Um, then uh, he he wasn't able to capitalise on that and he wasn't able to get... The, the big Keith Lee up on into uh, the feast your rise move um, due to the punishment that he'd taken through this massive match. Uh, this allowed Keith Lee to deliver a fireman's power slam for the one, two, three. He retains his North American championship in this epic, gigantic opener. And I think, you know, it, it, this being their fifth match on NXT in their series in the last 12 months or so, they certainly raised the bar again after the match Keith Lee, Showed respect to his opponent, Dijakovic, by pulling him up to his feet, helping him up to the middle turnbuckles so that he could take in the applause from the fans in Portland. But, Max, what a way to open um, any show, any takeover. Um, Possibly it has to go down as one of the better uh, opening matches on any takeover. Um, But uh, give us your thoughts on this one. I loved it. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, um, for me... um i I tend to think of that like these NXT shows uh when you have multiple undisputed era matches they they tend to start with the tags with uh with uh, with, uh red dragon uh, starting to mm-hmm. so it was different to start with with these two big beefy boys uh kicking off the show and wow what a benchmark they set How uh, oh, usually, yeah. usually uh the, the saying goes if you're not in the main event you want to be in in the 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 curtain jerker because you want to set the bar and go back to the the guys at the back and say follow yeah. that and wow how how <laughs> do you follow that i mean you 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 covered so many amazing spots that these two, by the law of physics, should not be able to do. <laughs> they should not be able to do. But one spot that kind of got overlooked through through all this like amazing um, wrestling action was the the. The spot where Keith Lee caught uh, and after he did the Fosbury Flop over the top ropes, yes. um, and he just caught him in midair. And it's like wow, these guys—the the chemistry between them is phenomenal, and they, it's a, the kind of match that if they if NXT were to revisit this a few months down the line, they could keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and you could never get bored because you can see that that they. They know how to work with each other in the ring, and yeah, just a great, great way to open a card. Keith Lee looked absolutely phenomenal. Gargakovich looked as looked amazing as well, and I loved the, the little show of respect. And, and it, it felt to me almost like that was a kind of a good bar from. Um, from Dajakovic to maybe he'd be going up to Raw SmackDown. I hope not because I still think there's quite a lot for him to be able to do on that NXT roster. But, yeah, what a great way to open a match. And I, I actually pitied the people who were following that because it, that was just – it was phenomenal. It
0: was absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. It really, really was. Well, um, the match that did follow it was the, 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 the advertised street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Nox. This is a feud that's been building for a few months now, since I think about November when we had TakeOver War Games. Dakota Kai turned heel on her best friend on a on a team ke- a team kick uh, stablemate by uh, closing the the kind of the, the mini cage door onto Tegan's previously surgically repaired uh, knees, um, and uh, they did have a match a few weeks ago on NXT, which was a quite a quick match that Tegan knocked one. Um, so this was an opportunity for Dakota Kai to get a little bit of revenge off of that, but this was the big this was meant to be the big blow-off match between these two and it was a street fight the match started right out of the gate with Dakota Kai attacking Tegan Knox during her entrance Uh, then they got into the ring the the, the bell rang for the official start of the match, Uh, Kai she went underneath the ring, she got some toys out Including a cricket bat, which he attempted to, to wallop and to score a six with uh, using Tegan Knox's head, but Tegan Knox ducked and uh, you saw that the cricket bat explode against the ring post. That was pretty impressive. That would have done a lot of damage. Um, Dakota Kai then uh, walloped a, a trash can lid across the face or into the face of Tegan Knox. Uh, that looked and sounded pretty painful. Knox uh, got a two count from a high angle German suplex down onto a trash can. That was pretty impressive uh nox got another two count from a, an avalanche chokeslam and uh, a molly go round uh dakota kai even she, she she then duct tapes her opponent's wrists to the ring posts on the outside allowing her to deliver two running kicks um uh, nox then connects with the, the, the shiniest of wizards but chooses not to pin she chooses not to to cover following her finishing move. Instead, she brings in a table into the ring, places Dakota Kai onto the table with a steel chair wrapped around her head. Noxing goes up to the, the top turnbuckle, looking to deliver a dive of some sorts. Uh, but she's stopped in her tracks by a, a mystery figure um, who hops up onto the ring apron. This turns out to be Raquel Gonzalez. I think uh, we previously know as uh, Rina Gonzalez from... Mm-hmm one of the uh, May Young Classic tournaments a couple of years back. And uh, Gonzalez delivers a choke slam of her own, sending Tiga Knox down onto the table, uh, with, with Knox landing very awkwardly, uh, almost uh, as if uh, her head was the only part of her body that uh, connected with the table, or the edge of the table, that is. And uh, Dakota Kai, she, she comes over, takes advantage of the situation, covers, gets the pinfall victory, thanks to the mystery assailant, thanks to uh, Raquel Gonzalez in this really, really impressive and very entertaining street fight. Now, I think this is possibly the match you were alluding to earlier. It certainly was in my mind the match that I was least looking forward to going into TakeOver because we've seen it before. And to be honest with you, the feud hasn't really kind of caught me up until this match and now fully invested uh, from word go during this match. And uh, um, I think... Yeah, they went out to impress and they certainly impressed me. I thought that everything worked. Uh, we mentioned about the chemistry between Dijakovic and Keith Lee from the first match. And I felt that uh, Tegan knocks and Dakota Kai knocked it out of the park. Um, and uh, yeah, a, 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 you could say a slightly controversial ending to the match, uh, but maybe it helped to prolong the feud between these two, adding a, a third person into it, um Ala Gonzalez. Um but um yeah, I, I thought it was a really good good match. It looks like we're possibly gonna get another match between these two, maybe over Mania Weekend or possibly on an episode of NXT. Uh but to uh, give us your thoughts on this one, Mags.
1: Yeah, you were right. This is, this was the match that, that I alluded to that kinda uh, on paper didn't look as if it would be as the same kind of calibre as as the rest of the matches and I am happy to, to say that I am been proven wrong. This match absolutely Same. knocked it out of the park. Um, and especially after following such an amazing match as, as the opener. Um, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Dakota Cars, but I felt she kind of got lost in the shuffle as a face, uh, especially when you've got the likes so of you had Carrie Sane and you had uh, Candice LeRae, those like really big. Big personalities and and, and decor car candle kind of like that was getting like lost in the underground and and the heel turn was absolutely brilliant it's really made her kind of stand out as a character um but as amazing as the match was uh, the the ending uh really didn't sit well with me not in terms of 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 it, because it was a sh- shenanigans ending. I, I-, I do like the, uh, when we get these kind of dusty finishes so we can prolong a feud that that kind of does have some legs still in it, especially with them yeah. now being one-on-one. One. It was more, why was uh, was Raquel Gonzalez getting involved? Uh, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase uh, Mr. Warren Hayes in this, um, What's the reasoning behind it? Because when you see um, Raquel holding Ka- uh, Dakota's uh arm in victory after the after the match, Dakota looked confused, like she didn't know what was happening. So that to me said that that says that Dakota wasn't aware of it. So then the other kind of um, the the angle you go with is if they're a big a big name who comes into to basically lay waste to someone to make a statement. And I don't think that Raquel Gonzalez is that big of a name as as good of a wrestler that she is. I don't think um that she's got that kind of gravitas as a as a as a wrestler to to pull off that kind of angle. So I'll be interested to see where where NXT take this from here. But it just felt a little almost confused the the way it ended for me.
0: Mm, yeah and you know, there wasn't much of an explanation during the broadcast last night. You know, mm-hmm. you were quite right about saying Dakota kind of looked a bit confused when she was having her arm raised by Gonzalez after the after the end of the match. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was quite impressed with um, Rina or Raquel Gonzalez in the Mae Young Classic. And she she has uh, appeared once or twice on NXT. And I thought that she was very good in the uh, brief appearances that have seen her in. So mm-hmm. I think she's definitely a capable wrestler, but we don't know anything about her. We don't know why she's involved in this feud, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll get an explanation of sorts on Wednesday, or at least I hope we will. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see, what develops from here i'm guessing that this was all done so that it will prolong the feud um and no doubt we'll get uh another match somewhere down the line um but uh, yes very interesting indeed um some some bit of storyline development there um but uh, we, we don't need to know all the answers yet i'm sure we'll find <laughs> out soon um but uh yeah very very interesting um then this was the match that I was most looking forward to going into it. Uh, Mags, I've got to be honest with you, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. I've said on previous episodes of the wrestling with John's podcast, this is arguably that the number one and the number two best wrestlers on the NXT roster, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, in this one, he started off at a bit of a slow pace. I was quite impressed. The first few minutes, they were, uh, exchanging, uh, submission holds and, uh, lots of kind of ground based map based wrestling between the two, uh, um, um, so when, when you when you are telling a, an epic wrestling match or an epic wrestling story, it always starts off nice and slow. So you can kind of ramp it up. But then uh, and Balor started to focus on Gargano's left knee with a, a dragon screw um, and, and then several stiff uh, stomps and kicks to Johnny's knee. Uh, Gargano then uh, was able to nail a rolling senton off the ring apron into Balor on the outside before Gargano gets a took out from a slingshot spear. Uh, Gargano manages to avoid a double foot stomp, instead connecting with the slingshot DDT for another close near fall. Uh, Gargano slaps on the Gargano escape twice in succession with uh, Balor managing to escape both times, the second one via a rope break. Uh, Gargano then repays uh, Finn Balor with a John Woo dropkick of his own, uh, typically uh, performed by Balor, of course, uh, sending Finn Balor hard into the railings uh, at ringside. But it's Balor who gets the upper hand, thinking quickly dropping Gargano face first onto the Spanish announce table before drop kicking Johnny Gargano off the announce tables and hard into the railings at ringside. Uh, Balor then rolls Johnny Gargano back into the ring, delivers a coup de grace, perfectly setting himself up to deliver the 1916 DBT uh, before covering, getting the pinfall, uh, getting the victory over Johnny Gargano in this brilliantly executed wrestling match. It went 27 minutes. um, And uh, yeah, I mean... You know, the show started with that epic match between Lee and Dijakovic. We had that brilliant street fight to follow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Lee and Dijakovic said follow that. And uh, this match definitely followed that. But um, my question to you, Mags, I mean, obviously I want your thoughts on the match. But to where does this leave uh, Balor? going into WrestleMania weekend and take over Tampa. Uh, could this potentially mean that he's the, the natural number one contender to whomever is the NXT champion, uh, going into WrestleMania weekend?
1: He's definitely got to be in that conversation. I think, mm. uh, uh, a victory over Johnny Gagano definitely puts you in the, the upper echelons of, of that NXT kind of, uh, ranking almost. Um, For me, the match though, especially the beginning was it was almost like an abs contest. How many abs were in
0: one one (laughs) ring at the same time? It's It's disgusting how many abs there were, Mags. Disgusting. (laughs) I've only got one.
1: (laughs) And I was eating I was actually when they when they came out, I was eating a turkey and ham sandwich and I I looked at (laughs) myself and I thought Wow. They they just absolute spec they look like they're chiseled out of granite and they've got like like I said, they they arguably the best two on uh, out and out wrestlers on NXT, possibly yeah. even on in WWE itself. Um, yeah, the match was phenomenal. I love the uh, the little uh, nuances that, that Johnny Gagano brings to a match using Finn's own moves against him. Uh the spot on the on the, the shotgun drop kick over on the, the announcer table just an absolute thing of beauty and it it kinda lab- Reminded me of when when Finn got injured uh, from the, the buckle bomb uh, from yeah. Seth Rollins on, on on the railings and it, it kind of looked like a little bit of a throwback to that. But yeah, th- I think that Finn needed the win. Um, he's, he's not had, whilst his matches have been uh, really, really top draw whilst he's been NXT, he's picked up quite a few big losses and I think this throws him right back in the mix. And we all know how basically bulletproof Johnny Gagano is when it comes to these takeover matches, he could lose every single one and still be up there as one of the, the top guys in NXT. But wow, it's just, it's every single match seemed to be kind of wanting to one up the one that came before it. And yeah, it was just, just phenomenal wrestling. And, and you said it was, went 27 minutes. It could have gone another 10, 15 for me. It, it, that time just absolutely flew by.
0: Yeah, and a, and a few things that really stood out for me was uh, I loved the the aggression from Finn Balor. Uh, we didn't get that type of aggression when Finn Balor was a baby face. I don't think we, we saw anything near the quality of uh, how Finn performed in this match when he was on the main roster. Um, and so i love that. So, of course he's, he's a fully fleshed heel. Now he's back to his Prince character from the new, uh, new Japan days, but he does have that kind of added edge to him, which I really, really love. This is possibly his best match in a long, long time. And, um, well, what I really, really liked about this is obviously the chemistry between these two were absolutely fantastic, but it was a decisive win as well. You know, you obviously had that spot on the outside where he shotgun drop kits, Johnny Gargano off the announced table into the railings, rolled him inside, coup de grace, 1916, you know, it was just Perfect, a, a perfect ending to a perfect match. To be honest with you, but it was decisive. There was no kind of shady finishes and uh, no shenanigans, uh, no kind of kick out after the three count it, it was decisive, and that's what I liked. And I think it is setting Balor up possibly. Like you say, he's got to be in the conversation for a championship match over WrestleMania weekend. But you're talking about, you know, top stars within your NXT roster that has to be kind of vying for the NXT championship on a WrestleMania weekend card. Take over Tampa. I think Bala's certainly got to be there. And uh, we'll talk more about the, the NXT championship and, you know, who the champion is coming out of uh, Portland very, very soon. But uh, I'd like to see Bala in that main event on uh, April the 4th. But um, uh, any final thoughts on on, uh, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, before we move on, Mags?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't really want to go too in-depth because obviously we're going to touch on the the championship match afterwards. But uh, it's good to be able to, uh, and NXT are are really, really good at, at doing this, it's good to be able to look back on what happened at the... At that match and, and know that it kind of telegraphs what's going to happen later on in the card. You could see how disappointed uh, Johnny Gagano was uh, in, in losing to Finn Balor. And it's that kind of disappointment that, that, that leads to what, what happened later on in the show
0: yeah and it's a really interesting point and one thing I do want to do and uh, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it and are listening to our review to try and catch up with how Portland went, uh, went down, th- I don't know if you noticed this Mags but there was some boos from the crowd towards the end of the match towards Johnny Gargano, I don't know if it's because he was kind of acting a little bit differently to mm-hmm. the way we expect Johnny Gargano to react but he was getting some boos towards the end of that match and uh, that was a, a bit of a prelude possibly um, yeah. but uh, then then we get um, another really good match. Rhee Ripley versus Bianca Belair, the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Um, what I really liked about this was uh, a great entrances. You, you had an air of excitement before this one. Um, they have really built this match really, really well. And when you think back to when Bianca Belair was last in an NXT Championship match, it was against Shayna Baszler. I think it was TakeOver Phoenix from last January so January 2019 and Belair was out of her depth unfortunately but you can really really see her development through 2019 into 2020 and how she's uh, been kind of built um, and 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 put over and uh, she had a fantastic run in the Royal Rumble of course I think that she had the joint most amount of eliminations I know Shayna Baszler had eight Bianca Belair also eliminated eight people at the Women's Rumble this year So she's obviously got massive things ahead of her, but it was a different Bianca Belair stepping through the ropes this time round compared to when she went up against Shayna last January in Phoenix. But uh, in this one, you know, both wrestlers exchanged some seriously stiff chops between one another before Belair delivered a a hair whip. Um, I always like it when she does a a, (laughs) a hair braid whip. It just sounds incredible. And I think I, I remember when she fought chain of Bayser. She actually cut are open with she her did. hair braid whip. Um, and then there was a, a gorilla press slam from Bianca Belair um, to rear Ripley in the centre of the ring. Both wrestlers then reverse each other's finishing moves uh, with Belair dropping Ripley with a spear. That was pretty cool. Uh, Ripley then gets back dropped high over the top rope to the outside. And it looked like a pretty awkward almost painful landing for Ripley um I think had she rotated any any differently or landed any differently she could have too injured her ankles or um but uh, fortunately she was fine this set up Belair to hit a, a somersault sent on over the top rope onto her opponent on the outside there, there, there's a battle on the top rope between the two of them leading to Ripley rolling underneath Bianca hooking in the riptide And when she executed a finishing move, she hooked the leg, got the one, two, three. She retains her NXT championship in this really, really good match. Now, I've seen some reports and I've heard one or two other reviews of this match saying that it's possibly um, the the, the least well-received match of the night. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that considering um, how... Uh, how Bianca Belair's last championship match went against Shayna Baszler over a year ago. I felt this was a hell of an improvement from her. I think the two wrestlers really, really... Um, I, I felt that they 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 worked really well together in the ring during this match. And it's delivered better than my expectations, to be honest with you. And I was happy with the results. Um, after the match, we had the queen, Charlotte Flair. She, she kind of dove into the ring, rolled into the ring, uh nailed Ripley and uh, she grabbed a microphone uh saying that uh, she, she's uh, made up her mind and she'll be seeing Ripley at WrestleMania. Uh, Flair adds further insult to injury by hitting a natural selection on rear Ripley. Uh, Charlotte even threw Bianca Belair into the steel wing post on the outside uh, to add one more exclamation point to proceedings. Now Mags there we have it. Charlotte has given her answer and uh, as to who she will fight or challenge uh, being the World Rumble winner, of course, at WrestleMania. She's chosen Marie Ripley. We thought this would happen uh, straight off the bat, to be honest with you. It's fairly predictable, but I like the way it was executed. I like the way it played out at the end of this match, and um, I, I don't think we've heard the last from Bianca Belair on what happened here um, after the match with, uh, with Flair throwing her into the ring steps, but um, first of all, I thought it was an excellent match um, you know, this is match four out of six. Uh, what did you think of this one?
1: Yeah, I agree. With you. I thought the the match, uh, the in ring, whilst looking at it objectively, was probably the weakest. Uh, I can understand a little bit of the, the the backlash it's got on on social media for the the way that the finish came about. It kind of felt like it was a really quick end almost mm-hmm. it like almost came out of nowhere um True. and i think a lot of the backlash as well is the fact that bianca got pinned clean especially after she had such a great showing um at survivor series and then at, at, at the royal rumble for her to kind of almost go out with a whimper at the end kind of like rubbed a lot of people uh, the wrong way uh, then we got obviously the uh, Charlotte doing the attack, um, which kind of I understand it. It 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 puts the, the 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 final stamp on her accepting Rhea's challenge for that uh, NXT Women's Championship. But I think it would have been a better use of Charlotte if she attacked before the end. Uh, rather than wait till the, the the match was was over, especially if they're going to allude to a triple threat the way that they did with uh with with the the final kind of uh, push on on Bianca at the end. Uh, yeah. If if that was the case, then why not cause uh, a, like a, a a disqualification or something like that to to almost like hit the nail home that that these three are going to be facing off at Wrestlemania whether whether they just want to keep their options open and and see how it goes but I think both women came out looking really well on this um my only issue is how many times does Bianca Belair get to the top of the mountain and not be able to kind of to get that that final win I think Uh, I read somewhere that she'd had five title matches all together and she's lost every single one of them. Um, Is she getting to the point where she's the Braun Strowman of of NXT, where she's always going to be one of the big stars, but never going to kind of get over that that hump? Uh, I hope not, because she's got a massive amount of charisma. She's an amazing talent, and I think she'd be a formidable champion at, at NXT. It's just maybe... The, the wrong people at the wrong time with the likes of having characters like Shayna Baszler and, and Kairi Sane, and now obviously Rhea Ripley, uh, really big, strong characters and really, really good technical wrestlers. Uh, it might be just like a case of the waiting game for her. But yeah, so quality match and um, another eight, four amazing matches out of four for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this is considered, uh, you know, the, the weak uh, match of uh, the, the six, then uh, um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to have six matches like this um, on uh, any episode of Raw or SmackDown or anything like that because uh, this was a really good match as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least the attack from Charlotte, it, it kind of um, obviously it allows us to know who she intends to wrestle at WrestleMania, of course, that being Rhea Ripley, but then her attack on Bianca Belair, that leaves a bit of an open storyline as to where they're going to go down that path uh, with with Charlotte and Bianca, whether Bianca might possibly be added into uh, the WrestleMania match. Now I think that the popular choice would just for the, for the match at Mania to be one-on-one. But uh, I think, I think Bianca Belair deserves uh maybe a match at mania and uh, i did say um i think it was during the listeners questions on uh, this past saturday's wrestling with John's podcast that if uh, Bianca Belair is not involved in championship match, the NXT Championship match at Mania. Then I'd very much like to see her in the women's battle royal. And considering how mm-hmm. strong uh, she she performed at the War Rumble, I would pretty much have her pegged as one of the favourites um, in that women's battle royal at Mania, um, if if that's kind of what happens. But I, I'm also intrigued to see, you know. If and when Bianca Belair and Charlotte get their hands on one another, that will be another epic match. But uh, let's move on to to the, the second to last match, the semi-final match, you could say, what a lot of people are saying was the match of the night. Now, uh, um, it's, it's, of course, for the NXT Tag Team titles, uh, the Undisputed Era, the champions going in versus the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. So the Broserweights here, uh, the Broserweights, sorry, come out um, in their Broserweight buggy or however they want to describe it with middle, uh, Matt Riddle trying to get the crowd involved in, in singing that song about Bobby Fish and how many uh, fish he could fry. Or however it goes, I'm not going to try and get and I'm certainly not going to buy the T-shirt, to be honest with you. I thought that uh, the song, <laughs> the song as good as it was, I think it uh, died a bit of a death uh, when he was trying to get the, the fans involved. But uh, into the match anyway. So Pete Dunne starts the match like a bit of a bull in a china shop, delivering and dishing out Xplexes plexes all over the place. Uh, Riddle gets the, the hot tag. He goes on a bit of a tear with Brotons fisherman suplexes he even gets a two count from a bro to sleep uh we then see a tandem a tandem floating bro and a moonsault combo from the brosawaits, that was pretty neat O'Reilly and uh, Riddle uh, they have a pretty decent exchange of the ring managing to get the fans stood up in appreciation, uh, those two kind of wrestlers with a, a mixed martial arts background and uh, I'd like to see more from Matt Riddle and uh, Kyle O'Reilly maybe in a one-on-one encounter somewhere down the line, uh, there's some excellent chain wrestling from both teams, uh, but both teams are playing in reverse and submission holes to great effect um, Pete Dunne, then advance inadvertently knocks Matt Riddle off the ring apron when uh, uh, when Riddle comes back into the ring he inadvertently spears his own partner Pete Dunne allowing Undisputed Era to uh, get a very close near fall from that exchange of botches uh, the bros awaits however eventually get back on the same page and uh, with an x-plex powerbomb combo uh, before Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle na- nail a stereo kind of knee strike kicked it ahead uh, to gain the all important pinfall and we have new NXT Tag Team Champions and just when you thought there might be some tension or maybe some you know, communication issues between Dunn and Riddle uh, then they more than proved that they are talking the same language by becoming the new NXT Tag Team Champions. So Mags, I enjoyed the hell out of this one. We've seen some epic encounters involving the Undisputed Era over the years when you, you look at their the matches they've had with Mustache Mountain, Danny Burchard And only um, Larkin, and so many others. This match certainly has to be up there, but uh, what a match! And uh, I'm really, really happy for for Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. I think they're deserving tag team champions. I thought they've gelled really well. I'm quite entertained by the, you know, their kind of skits that they've been doing on NXT recently. Um, And uh, yeah, but Pete Dunn playing this straight guy to Matt Riddle um, and his kind of comedy antics. But um, wrestling, um, looking at it from a wrestling perspective, I thought this was a very, very solid match full of drama full of close-knit falls um full of good chain wrestling as well and some some great tag team action um but uh, we have new tag team champions i'd love to know your thoughts on this one
1: yeah uh I'm going to go back to the NXT preview, sir. Uh, those skits were the best <laughs> thing that happened in wrestling last week. They yep. were so good. Like I said, they, they play off each other of so well. And Pete Dunn playing the, the straight-laced Brit and and Matt Riddle just being Matt Riddle. Uh, and there was one point in, in one of the skits where... um Pete called Matt a smart and and Matt took it as a compliment. It was just it's just absolutely brilliant chemistry sneaking into Triple H's uh, plane and locking <laughs> it, locking themselves in the hold. And I think um, Triple H said in it might have been in the uh, the the post uh, the post event uh, press conference about how he's playing smelt of smoke. So I love how they're all kind of playing into playing into to this. But yeah, great match and. And I, I've, I've waxed lyrical about how much I'm a, a big uh, proponent of tag team wrestling, and how WWE have kind of fell off the bar with when it comes to tag team wrestling. And this was this was exactly my wheelhouse. I don't think you get many tag teams better than the undisputed era uh, for for not only bringing that the kind of new uh, martial arts based attack, but also being able to use those kind of tag team. Um, skills where they cut one guy off and they kind of like weaken their opponent and then th- that hot tag to Matt Riddle was was it was epic, absolutely epic. Uh I like the way that they they left enough in there that that there could be a future split and a match between uh, Dunn and Riddle with the the kind yes. of miscommunications. I love I love how they've left that seed there to to plant and that I'm sure that'll be germinated as time goes by. Um, going back to the 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 uh, entrance, yeah the 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 song was funny when they did it at, the, uh, first in the, the first time <laughs> and um I, i'm gonna again i'm gonna paraphrase uh mr warren asia um it kind of felt like it was bruce pritchard and um with the way they found something that were funny so they milked it uh when we had the bouncing fish on the screen uh with the lyrics right. in that it was kind of like they jumped the shark without the crowd uh, I'm going to pay massive props to that crowd because that crowd was lively all night. There was never a time where that crowd uh, dropped off but you could tell that they weren't into that song and, and it was kind of, they'd got to the point where it had been milked. But yeah, glad to um, to have Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle as champions. It kind of freshens up uh, that that tag team division. Uh, sometimes you need that. Uh, we had it recently in, in New Japan where Finn Juice got the, the titles off uh, Gorillas of Destiny and it kind of gives it like a little bit of a fresh feeling. And I think that's what this is going to do. Uh, Pete Dunne without a title in WWE doesn't look the same and so he's, I'm glad that he's got one back. And this to me was, I mean, getting onto the main event uh, pretty soon, but this was kind of like the golden prophecy Crashing down around the undisputed era's ears almost, and
0: yeah, yeah. what's happening? But I, uh, very, exactly. very interesting. Um, but uh, like I say, I, I what I like about this is it's it's adding a bit of freshness to the tag team division in NXT. I know that Matt Riddle and Pete done a fairly new combo anyway. They did, you know, they really brought the uh, Dusty Rose tag team classic to life. Um, I, I loved their final match with uh, GYV, um, and like I, say, I do think they add a, a real freshness to the tag team division. Um, I I agree with what you're saying. Obviously, the miscommunication at the end of the match is almost certainly going to lead to a, a match or a feud between these two somewhere down the line, but I don't want that to happen too soon. I want them to hold on to the titles for a while. I want them to be a tag team for a while. I want them to be entertaining for as long as they possibly can as a tandem I want them to defend their championships um, at uh, TakeOver Tampa at WrestleMania weekend. So I certainly don't want them to split up and have a, a one-on-one rivalry going into WrestleMania weekend. As good as a match as that will be, um, I want them to keep hold of the tag team titles for a long time and uh, let it build. I don't want them to have miscommunication in every match they have. Um, but, uh, you know, like you say, let that let the, that little seed kind of, you know, build. Um, Build and let's say six months from now, let something happen and let's kind of revisit what happened tonight in six months' time, uh, but not too soon, and let them have a really good run with the titles because I think they're going to be fantastic with them. But what they do need is they, you know, as fresh as they are as a tag team and as fresh as they bring, uh, you know, that freshness to the tag team division, they need some fresh opponents as well. And uh, by the, you know, I would like to see the Undisputed Era move on to uh you know new challenges whether that be on uh, a sideways move to raw or smackdown who knows um but i would certainly like to see pete dunn and matt riddle have some fresh competition as well so you know, going to throw out a name there. Bring back uh, Alex Shelley to be a permanent tag team partner mm-hmm. with Kushida. Kushida's yeah. not doing much in the in the singles division at the moment on NXT. Uh, so bring them back and have a nice little feud between uh, the time splitters and the bros awaits. And I'm going to throw that one out there for my listeners. I think that will be a pretty tasty match. Dare I say it for TakeOver Tampa? Dare I say it? Dare I say it? But uh, there we go. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. Anyway, Mags. Just uh, kind of following off the back of your little comment there regarding the, the golden prophecy coming to an end. That mm-hmm. leads us nicely to the main event. So obviously going back a few weeks ago, they 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 held the North American Championship with Roddy Strong as uh, an excellent North American champion. Um, losing to Keith Lee, of course, um, Tonight, NXT Portland. We've just explained how the bros awaits of the now new tag team champions beating the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley, Going into the main event, you've obviously got Adam Cole as the kind of the last member of Undisputed Era, carrying the gold, going into his match uh, as the NXT champion against Tommaso Ciampa. So this has had a really good build over the last few weeks, I have to say. Uh, you know, what are your kind of thoughts and your expectations going into this main event? Obviously, you know, you've got the... Uh, the the possibility of um uh what does he call the belt? Goldie? Uh going yeah. back to Goldie. daddy? Yeah. Uh, Goldie's Goldie. got his own little nickname for the belt. Um, Or whether Adam Cole, who I think has been a fantastic NXT champion, uh, retains it and and goes on to WrestleMania weekend. But what were your thoughts, your expectations going into this one? Did you have a uh, kind of a a preference, one wrestler over the other? Um, But uh, before we talk about the highlights of the match, give us your thoughts before going into this one.
1: Yeah, um, I honestly thought that I mean way before the the event started I thought that this was going to be the end of the, the golden prophecy. I thought that uh the, the Undisputed era don't have a lot more to do in NXT. They've bought they're all multiple times champions. Um yeah. and we kind of would be like rehashing over old ground almost. Um so I felt that that yeah maybe it was it was time for for the undisputed era to kind of to move on and then that was that was kind of rubber stamp with with the with that core main event where the the red dragon lost the titles I felt that yeah that that's that's nailed it for me and Adam Cole is going to lose this match and the undisputed era are going to go on their merry way. Um, but the one thing that NXT does so well is throw these little spanners in the works. I mean, we can all remember how long everybody expected Shayna Baszler to be moving up and they just kept finding ways to keep her there as champion and kept finding new and fresh feuds for her. So uh, there's always that kind of like mindset in just like niggling away at the back of your mind. Uh, but for me, the it's it's the build up that was 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 so built towards Goldie returning to Daddy we. Yeah. massa Champa was the front and center of every show. He had the promos, he had the vignettes. It felt right that that he was going to reclaim what he'd lost. Um it yeah. was going to it was going to take back Goldie he was going to it uh, he was going to be the champion again, and going into the match, that's a hundred percent what I thought was going to happen, and then and then the bell rang
0: (laughs) and then the bell rang Well, I I know that when we did our uh, takeover Portland predictions on uh, this past Saturday show with Ashley Clements I actually predicted that Tommaso Ciampa would come out as the the champion but uh, let's get into it anyway so in one of the more painful spots of the night uh, Adam Cole delivered a wheelbarrow suplex sending Tommaso Ciampa backwards uh, into the announce table with his his, uh, top of his his, his back and his neck uh, and his shoulders landing into the edge of the announce tables and that looked like it sucked big time and uh, I think Tommaso Ciampa um, he he was definitely in some trouble there for a few minutes. Uh, Cole then uh, gets uh, drop kicked out of mid-air from an attempted Panama Sunrise, um, with uh, champer getting a close near fall from a torture rack bomb. Uh, there, there's more drama to come as Champer gets another close near fall from an avalanche air raid crash uh, from the turnbuckles. Uh, the battle then goes to the outside again with champer dropping cold with a power bomb onto the announced table. Um, however, not being satisfied because uh, the table uh, kind of uh, stayed its ground, Champer delivered a second power bomb this time smashing uh smashing coal through the table champer um and, and the th- that even the fans thought that the match was won from a Project Champa uh, inside the ring, and, and the fans are on their feet for this uh, epic match at this point. So the match continued with even more close near falls from both wrestlers. Uh, Adam Cole manages to deliver, he manages to deliver. I'm so excited, I can't get my words out. To a Panama sunrise on the outside, but Champa somehow manages to hit a Willow's bell and a fairy tale ending for another very close near fall. Then, uh, Fellow UE member Roderick Strong comes out to distract, um, followed by Fish and O'Reilly on the outside. But it's Cole who gets dumped uh, to the outside, followed by a dive over the top rope by Tommaso Ciampa, taking out all of the members of the Undisputed Era on the outside. Then there's a referee bump sending the ref to the outside, just before Ciampa was about to deliver a fairytale ending. Uh, then Gargano, Johnny Gargano, um, a former DIY uh, teammate and uh, bitter enemy and then best friend again of Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano comes out at first showing signs of support for his former DIY uh, tag teammate before turning his back on Ciampa, nailing Tommaso Ciampa uh, with, a, with a, a shot to the head with the NXT Championship belt. Uh, Cole then takes advantage of the situation, hooks a leg. The referee recovers, comes back into the ring, counts to three, and Adam Cole retains his NXT Championship. Johnny Gargano turns heel in the process. This match goes 33 minutes, Mags, and um, yes, we, we, you know, some people might have telegraphed it from, um, you know, the back end of if Johnny Gargano's match with Finn Balor, quite possibly. But um, I think it did take a lot of people by surprise. I was shocked by what happened. I thought Gargano was out there to kind of neutralise the attacking undisputed era uh, era foes um, that were that were kind of getting in Champa's way. But um, no, he he wasn't there to neutralise undisputed era. He was there to uh, put an end to Tommaso Champa and his attempt to bring back Goldie. But uh, it looks like the match that we should have had over WrestleMania weekend last year, um, we're likely to get this year, but with the roles, roles being reversed, and it looks like uh, it's going to be some massive Ciampa as the face going into Mania weekend against the heel, Johnny Gargano. But uh, this was a really eventful match. Like I say, it, it, it kind of had its ups and its downs, its backs and its forth. It was, it was a real kind of um, back and forth, solid match that goes 33 minutes, a hell of a main event. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on what went down uh, last night in the main event then, Mags?
1: I thought that this just nails how good of a performer uh, Adam Cole is, and uh, how good of a performer Tom- Tommaso Ciampa is. They absolutely blew me away with this mm. match. So so good, and what a what a what a turn of of epic proportions. Tommaso Ciampa, who, when he when he uh, attacked um, Johnny Gagano, was the most hated heel in all of wrestling um, and yeah. and last night he was beloved absolutely beloved uh, to the point where he made a fans probably laugh time when he kissed him on the head uh, when the fan was asking for a half oh, hour that and was he kissed hilarious. the fan on the head <laughs> that 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 guy's never going to wash his head ever ever again nope. um and then for me the one of the best spots in the match was actually from my wrestler of the year last year, uh, Roddy Strong, when he got hit with the the, the willows peak and, and he hung from the ropes with his legs, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It just shows how quality of uh, selling the the undisputed era. They they always kind of let like met their opponents look so so good. And uh, I alluded at the beginning to the um, the it, this being telegraphed by Johnny Gagano's loss and the, the kind of like pain on his face. Um, yeah. I don't think I, I suspected it, the turn would happen. Uh, and like you, when he came out, I thought, "Is this is Johnny Gagano coming to to neutralise the Undisputed Era. But it's yeah. looking back at what happened, what amazing storytelling we're getting. It, it's, it's Johnny being jealous of Tommaso getting everything that he wants, when Johnny can't have anything that, that he wants. And it was, he's always going to look back at uh, when he was at the top of the tree, it was Tommaso that that, that knocked him off his perch. And it's, it's a, a throwback to that where uh, Tommaso is about to reach the, the, the peak of the mountain and, and it's Johnny Gagano that, that's knocking him off. Uh, I really love that kind of storytelling. And this, this, this feud is something that I would happily revisit. This is kind of like the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels feud from, WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania's 25 and 26. It's that kind of thing that, you know, it's coming, but you're, you're all about it. It's going to be an epic match. Um, heel, Johnny is absolutely amazing. And face to muscle champion, just a sad to be old. So yeah, we're a great match. Um, Telegraphed the majority of us with uh, Adam Cole picking up the victory and being the only one of the Undisputed Era to, to actually have gold now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where where it goes from there. Maybe it will be Finn Balor, like, like we've, uh, we've said at the, at the top of the show. But, yeah, just great, great storytelling. And this is why I love NXT so much, that we can predict and we can say what we think is going to happen, but we never quite can, can know for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I'm going to be nitpicky about some of the moments during this entire show, is that there were so many big spots. There were so many big moves, Mags. But um, I felt that, that some of the some of the selling after some of these big moves were a little bit oh, a little bit hit and miss, to be honest with you, you got it. On some occasions, you didn't get it on others. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 there, there was some criticism online about um, after Tommaso Ciampa and, and that, 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 that that when he got Will Barrett suplexed into the edge of the announce table, kind of back and neck first, and how he did sell to start off with. But then as the match kind of proceeded, he kind of almost forgot you know, that spot See, would have been a perfect opportunity for him to continue selling continue going back to the neck and it kind of dropped off and you know he, he, he continued the matches if nothing had happened when that was probably the biggest thing that did happen in the match to him mm-hmm. certainly but um um i know that the same could be said when you watch new japan i mean they put you know each other through the ringer in those matches, real strong style in New Japan, and uh, quite often, you know, five moves down the line, it's forgotten. You know what, what big move started the match with. Um, but mm-hmm. do you agree with me at all? I mean, maybe the selling just needs to be a little bit more consistent on some of these big matches.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at, for instance, the 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 opener, uh, I think the selling in that that match was absolutely on point i think uh, both mm. keith and uh dominic kind of showed when when a, a big move was hit that it did hurt them that it, and they did carry on into the match um maybe it's it's because of how big of a show this was i mean it was the first uh Takeover on a Sunday, the one of uh, the first kind of standalone takeover, and maybe it was just yeah. they wanted to to set their mark and and go all out, and you kind of can forget that like those little nuances. Um, but yeah, I can understand it getting criticism, but then again, it's it, it's it's a good problem to have if you if that's the kind of thing that you're going to be nitpicky about. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah very true very true and don't get me wrong i enjoyed the hell out of uh, the, the hell out of this and what i really enjoyed about um, all six matches is they were all individually different. They, they all had mm-hmm. their own flavour. They all had their own uh, kind of, you know, they, they you couldn't confuse the matches. They were different. They had their own kind of style and they were, you know, definitely different to one another. And I thought that was great. And that's one thing that NXT always managed to deliver is, is that regardless of whether there's five matches on the card, six matches in this case, you know, all of the matches are booked um, you know, differently and uh, have a different feel to one another, which is absolutely fantastic. And you go to a lot of shows where you know a lot of indie shows potentially, and you know a lot of the matches are are identical. Um, but uh, yeah, NXT definitely do a stellar job in how they book their matches um, and make sure that they all kind of tell a, a separate story to one another. But uh, all in all, definitely a massive double thumbs up from me, Mags. Um, kind of what what are some of your kind of takeaway moments from NXT Takeover Portland from last
1: night I, I think it goes to show that why this is the premier brand under the wwe umbrella for me um i, I love the the freedom that the, the 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 wrestlers get i love the fact that there wasn't a cool down match uh, and like you like you just said that each match had its own like, identity and its own story yes. it wasn't formulaic um yeah it was just it was just NXT doing what NXT does best and that's putting on absolutely stellar wrestling and great storytelling um, and i'm just i'm just glad it left us like, with those like little questions of mm. what's coming next i think that's the, that's the essence of a of a good show is if you get a lot of what you want but you always mm-hmm. you're always wanting to find out what's coming down the line, and sometimes with a wrestling show you'll get all the answers, and there's no real like forwarding storyline. And I think this show had a lot to to come down the pipes. So, or yeah, I, I think it was one of the better NXT uh, takeovers have had. Uh, I still think uh, that probably New Orleans is is my favorite, but this is definitely and I'm saying this every single time that there's a takeover, but I think this, this is definitely a top five.
0: Yeah yeah totally agree and uh, it certainly left us wanting more it's certainly leaving us anticipating what's around the corner certainly uh, for this coming Wednesday uh, I know there's uh, Roderick Strong versus the Velveteen Dream Mm -hmm. and uh, I believe we've got Leo Rush versus uh, versus Jordan Devlin with the Cruiserweight Championship on the line so it's going to be a a cracking NXT this coming Wednesday but looking a couple of months down the line we've got the next takeover of course going to be takeover Tampa the night before WrestleMania April the 4th and as I said at the top of the show, if you know this card in Portland was as stacked and as excellent as it was, what on earth do they have in store for us over WrestleMania weekend? It's going to be absolutely tremendous. Um, so uh, yeah, a quality show as far as I was concerned. And uh, yes, yeah, so it, like you say. For anybody that's on the fence as to whether to watch AEW over NXT or vice versa, I think they've certainly left you kind of dangling with a few Mm -hmm. threads here to possibly consider watching NXT uh, first on Wednesday night um, ahead of AEW. But um, regardless a fantastic show and um, yes a fantastic guest host to help me review this uh, fantastic show but uh, Mags we've just spoke about NXT Takeover Portland um, I want to thank you so much for being a wonderful friend and a wonderful guest host and helping us out with another episode of Wrestling with jonas but I can't let you go uh, without first of all uh, giving my listeners um, all of your lovely plugs and uh, handles where they can find you on social media reach out and say hi and uh, most importantly where they can uh, get in touch with you and uh, listen to your, your podcast. Podcast, Badlands, why we watch five rounds. Tell us about where we can get hold of you there, Max. Yeah,
1: absolutely not a problem. Firstly, thank you again for for the opportunity to come on your show. I love talking with you. A uh, great man's think alike almost when it comes to NXT. We're both uh, big, passionate fans for it. And, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love talking to you. And yeah, I'm just so, again, I'm going to wax lyrical for you. I'm just so glad that you're having the success that you're getting. You you absolutely deserve it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DAJ Kirby. I'm usually in some sort of uh, wrestling uh, debate, uh, so come join the fun. Uh, I have a show called badlands which is on the chair shot radio network i share that with my podcast wife mr paul tolle where we discuss the mount rushmore's of wrestling uh, obviously we we talk about the goats uh, the greatest wrestlers of all time but we also like uh, have a different topic every week um uh, john is here was recently recorded with us uh, that episode should be dropping in the next couple of weeks or so where we actually did a draft which was absolutely a, a ball of an episode absolutely I had so much fun doing that you can find that like i said on the chair shot radio network anywhere where you can get your podcasts uh my other two shows are on the visionaries wrestling network same with that if you whatever uh, podcast app you use you can you can find that uh my first show is five rounds, which is about u f c me and my son we uh watch u f c events and we review' them. uh that drops usually every tuesday and then my baby my podcast baby of a show is why we watch where I speak to wrestling fans wrestling content creators about uh, their love of this uh, this sport of men and women in lacra pretending <laughs> to fart. Um, yeah, just love to to hear people's stories about uh, how they got into wrestling and how they kind of felt compelled to create content about about wrestling and how they got their voice and, and their words and, and their uh, content out there. So, yeah, like I said, you can go and find
0: them too on the Visionaries Wrestling Network brilliant, and I'll make sure that uh, all of the, the handles and addresses that you've just mentioned during the description to his podcast uh, so just click down into the description and go and find Mags and all of his wonderful content and uh, say hi to him on Twitter, um, but uh, be careful, he might get into a bit of a debate with you, um, <laughs> but uh, the, you have been warned, you have been warned but uh, thank you Mags, hopefully we'll get you on the show sometime again in the future, and uh, our next episode of Wrestling with John has actually dropped in uh, a couple of days' time uh, you'll hear my interview with a the baddest girl on the planet, Chantel Jordan. That's going to be in partnership with Turbuckle TV. So make sure that you catch that. And on Saturday, I've got Jamie Bell from uh, the Ringsider podcast who'll be joining me for our weekly episode of Wrestling with John as we'll be we um, everything that's good about NXT, AEW Dynamite and all the hot talking points uh, from the last seven days of pro wrestling but uh, in the meantime please keep it tuned to the Wrestling Majonnas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW updates as I've just mentioned uh, regular WWE and AEW pay-per-views exclusive interviews and so much more and if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family and don't forget to subscribe uh, to the Wrestling Majonnas podcast uh, so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops don't forget to check out our website com for uh, links to all of our social media pages and uh, we've got a full archive of podcasts and interviews uh, there as well but in the meantime from myself and from Mags have a great week and we'll catch up with you all again soon